Welcome to Real Financial Planning, broadcast on WKXL and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Matt Robeson, and I'm joined once again by financial planner Mike Morton of Morton Financial Advice and also the host of Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs, a great podcast. I don't want people to get too attached to that title because Mike and I, right before we got on the air, we're talking about, are you going to change that title? We might change the title. I don't know. Those that have it in their feed, thank you so much for subscribing. And you may have noticed uh, new podcast art. So the art for the podcast has changed a little bit with a little new branding coming from my website and other places. So we may also change the name of the podcast. But for now, still same great name, same great place. Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs. Mike, I've got to ask you, before we dive into today's topic, the new cover art for your podcast mm. Did you intend the symbolism that is in there? It's you sitting on stairs that are leading up. It's an upward climb. Is that what you were going for? Or am I like doing one of those film criticism things where it's like, have you noticed that Snoopy in the in the Peanuts movie is actually, I mean, is, is, that, yeah. is that like real? Yeah, no, I spent at least a week or so really contemplating exactly what symbolism I needed and where I would make that happen, the background, everything. Or you could say, during the photo shoot for my website, I happened to be sitting on the stairs and my photographer snapped a couple of pictures. Yeah. And that turned out to be the best one of the day. Yeah, it's always <laughs> when you're not paying attention. Okay, yeah, you've got resting, irritated face. All right, thank you to all our listeners on WKXL and on Mike's podcast. And we're also putting this in the Capital Close-Up podcast feed for all of our New Hampshire podcast listeners. So thank you for subscribing to that. Okay, we do listener questions on this show. This has been something we've been doing in the last four or five episodes, and it's really turned into some great conversations. I want to get to today's listener's question before I do. Mike, can you just remind people, if people want to submit a question, there are two ways to do that. They can email you directly, right? Yep. Financialplanningpod at gmail.com. Financialplanningpod at gmail.com. You can also go to the Beyond Politics with Paul Hodes and Matt Robeson Facebook page and just submit a question on Facebook, and we will check that out. All right, the question that came in today, I'm going to read this here. I was reviewing my IRA, my individual retirement account, with my advisor, and he said that there was a 0.25%, that's a quarter of a percent, maintenance fee, which is the lowest around. I was confused what this meant since you've talked about expense ratios in the past. Can you please explain? All right, let's talk about that. First of all, do you want to just give the the yeah. top-level answer. Exactly. Let me go ahead and give you the answer to the question, then, of course, we'll talk all about this. The question's around a 0.25%, quarter percent maintenance fee on the account. And what this is, you are paying your advisor to help you make decisions and implement and manage your account. And so that advisor is getting paid one quarter of a percent of whatever is in that account. So if that's $100,000, that's you know what, 250 bucks Got it. that they're getting paid, okay? okay? So that's the maintenance fee on the account itself, all right? And so there's the answer to the question. What is this fee? How does it work? Now, we've talked about expense ratios as well, and that's within with whatever you hold inside that account, whether that's a mutual fund or an ETF. Those also have fees, so we'll talk about that. But maintenance fees, advisory fees, these are paid on typically a percent of the account value that you are paying to your advisor because they're doing some work for you. I get it. And it's hard if you're driving and listening to this or you're in your kitchen, you're cooking, et cetera. You're doing a bit of the math, like 0.25%. I'm visualizing that. 
But just take this up a level for me. Why is this important? Like, why should I be paying attention to a number that comes after a decimal that has a percent sign after it? Does this make a difference? Yeah, Matt. Let me tell you a story because this is very typical. All right. So say you've worked with an advisor to help set up an account for you and you've saved up a little bit. So now you've got $200,000 in that account and you've got this maintenance fee on that account because the advisor is helping you do stuff, pick those funds. Now, the other thing I want you to realize is many times what also happens is that the funds the advisor picks are not necessarily the best for you. They might not be the lowest cost. I've seen this over and over that when you work with an advisor in this way, because that $200,000 account, they're at that 0.25%, they're getting $500 a year. All right, that's not a ton of money for helping you out. So they get paid in other ways as well, Matt. Okay, so when I look at these accounts, inside of those accounts, the mutual funds and ETFs are also maybe at that 1% level. So now you're at 0.25% to the advisor for helping you out. 1% across the investments that you're in. So you're at one and a quarter percent. And none of this do you really see on your statement. All right, when you're getting statements in the mail or you're checking online, you don't really see these fees. But let me tell you how it adds up for you. What you were saying a second ago, in this example, 200,000. So I'm sorry, I'm doing math for people who are listening on audio, but 200,000, you said it's 250 bucks for that 0.25% maintenance fee. Well, 200,000 would be 500 bucks. It's, it's, it's 250 yep, per 100,000, so yep. 500 bucks. 500 yep. bucks yep. is a lot, but it's, I yep. could see how that would make sense as a fee if I've, got, a, if I've yep. got someone doing all this for me. That doesn't feel that bad. No, that's right. That's right. It could be a perfectly reasonable amount for paying someone, for helping you out, get that account set up, helping you pick those funds. But again, the 0.25%, the funds inside of there are also really important. And again, what I've seen typically, okay, is that they're pretty high cost funds inside. And I was just reviewing this with a client the other day and 0.25% was the maintenance fee. And across the funds inside, it was about 1%. 1% annual fee on those funds. So now we're at one and a quarter percent still. And well, look, we're using percentages. There's a reason why my industry right. uses percentages. <laughs> they sound very small. All right. But let me tell you how it adds up. So one and a quarter percent doesn't sound like a whole lot, but let's make an assumption over 20 years. If you're getting say a 7% return on those investments, average kind of stock market return. So if you take that 7% and subtract one and a quarter, you're getting five and three quarter percent versus a 0.1%. You can get low-cost index funds at 0.1%. Okay, so instead of 7%, you get a 6.9%. All right, now I've thrown around a lot of percentages, but here's how it works out. $200,000 over 20 years. In the former, you're working with your advisor in these higher-cost funds, you end up with $650,000. If you're working with low-cost funds without that weight and that drag, you make over $800,000. That's a difference of $150,000 over 20 years. So your original $200,000 investment over 20 years by having low cost index funds and less fees makes you $150,000 more. Wow. First of all, there's so much to unpack in what you just said. The, The first thing that really resonates with me is what you actually was a throwaway thing you said that it's that's why the industry works in percentages because 
We just went through that, and it was hard to track the you subtract 1.25 from the 7, and you get, and like right. you can get lost right. in all that. There's actually a Democratic political consultant who goes by Mudcat Saunders, okay? And one of the pieces of wisdom from Mudcat Saunders is in politics, politicians get this wrong all the time because they talk in rates. They talk about inflation rates. And people don't understand or care about it. I'm not calling people dumb. I'm saying people don't think that way. You might as well speak right. in Latin because that's just not the way people think about it. People think in bills, not rates, bills. How much do they have to pay? How much do they have to pay for groceries? How much do they have to pay for rent, yeah. et cetera? And even making it more concrete by saying, okay, I've got $200,000 invested here, so that 0.25% is only $500 on that. Even that doesn't sound that bad, but it's when you do that full conversion from rates into dollars over 20 years that it really hits home. $150,000 is a big difference. That's if you're looking to retire, that could be a couple of years of retirement (laughs) income. Yeah. $150,000 is a lot of money. And that's why these small changes going from 1% of fund, we talked about expense ratios, 1% fund to a 0.1% makes a massive difference. I just told you it adds up to over $100,000 in your pocket. Now, I'm not minimizing the work that advisors do and the help they give and the support and confidence and portfolios and all that stuff. I'm just saying my industry hides the fees that you're paying for that service. And I'd rather be up front and say, look, I'm paying $500 a year for my advisor to help me out. Yeah, that sounds reasonable to me. I really appreciate what you right. know he or she does for me. But recognize over decades that high fees can really eat into the money that's in your pocket. And, and that's another point that I wanted to pick up on. We are not, between the two of us in this conversation, in any way dunking on financial advisors. Some of your best friends are financial advisors. And if, <laughs> especially if you're starting out, you want to work with someone who has this kind of a fee. This is what I have done in my life. I worked with someone. Look, this person, I'm not going to call them out. This person might be listening to this broadcast right now. I really like this person. I really value this person. And they have done and and continue to do a lot for me in my family in terms of helping me out with all kinds of services in terms of planning and understanding how to invest and giving me that comfort, especially as I was starting in this process. And that was really worthwhile. As I went along in my own personal investing, my personal financial journey, boy, that's a, that's a throw up word, but whatever. <laughs> I, I eventually asked, hey, could we start to get into some low cost index funds? And I started doing some more of this on my own. The point is, it may be entirely appropriate. What you're saying is you just want people to be upfront about that because it's real money. Yeah, it's real money. And here's the sort of problem with it, Matt, is you know that advisor that you work with originally gets that 500 bucks for that first year. It's not a lot for that advisor right. necessarily. But they're like I told you, they're getting paid yeah. other ways. And that's really bothersome to me because you're not, it's not upfront. Like what you're paying them doesn't sound very much but they're getting paid other ways. And then that 
just trails forever because then you're just in there and it's just yearly and you never really check in and stuff. And so that's why I say go ahead and check in and make sure you're getting value for whatever you think you're paying or just check in and, and, and understand what's going on there. So it's just really important to be, build awareness. Let me ask you one other question about that because you mentioned a moment ago that it may be that you end up invested in mutual funds or ETFs that are not totally the best for you, that may not be in your total best interest. We've talked on the show about the concept of being a fiduciary and having a legal obligation to act in your client's Mm. best interest. Mm. Are all the people that our listeners out there might be working with fiduciaries? Is that an important thing to understand when you enter into any kind of a financial advising relationship? Yeah, it's a tough one. It's super important. I'm glad you mentioned it. The words best interest that you just said, there's different Mm. regulations for different members of my industry. Some have to follow the best interest. Is this in your best interest? And others have to follow the fiduciary. Here's what I would do if I was in your shoes. And there are two different standards and there's so much confusion. Listen, Matt, even I'm completely confused and I'm in this industry, so I don't expect any listeners to really understand this, but here's what's important. I said that, here's what's important to the listeners. Check what's in your account. We had this expense ratio discussion, and I just want to break it down here for a sec. There's two different fees we're talking about today. One is this account maintenance, and so we've highlighted what that is. You're working with an advisor. Maybe you found that advisor through your life insurance, maybe through your local bank, and they said, hey, we could help you out with this extra $50,000, and you went in for that free meeting, so you're not really paying them out of pocket, okay? So they're getting paid somehow, and it's this advisory maintenance fee, advisory fee, something like that, it's fine. Then there's another fee. Whatever you hold inside those accounts, say I own the Fidelity S&P 500 fund. All right, well, someone at Fidelity has helped managing that. There's probably a small team of people and they have to get paid too. They get paid from that fund. So I have $10,000 in the fund. They're gonna get paid just a small pennies on my $10,000 to help manage that money within the fund. Those are called your expense ratios and you pay those as well. You will never see that on your statement. It's not, hey, Mike, you spent five cents out of this 10,000. They just take it out of your return. So understand there's two different fees that we're talking about today, both extremely important fees. Now, best interest versus fiduciary and all of that. What I want the listeners to understand is look inside your accounts and find the expense ratios for those funds. Because many times, they're close to that 1% and you can find alternatives that should be closer to that 0.1%. And that, again, I hate to use the percentages, it's the $100,000, over $100,000 difference between going with something that's 1% or a 0.1%. And so let's say you go through that process. How do you, and you, or let me back this up even, because mm-hmm. There are two situations that our listeners may find themselves in. They may already have kind of an existing relationship, and this may feel awkward, <laughs> or they may <laughs> right, be entering right. into a new relationship. And boy, that's that sounds, but it is. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, like you're going to change your status on Facebook. So <laughs> either way, you're talking about a difficult but an important upfront professional conversation how do you how should they navigate this either situation what should they do at this point to try and figure out where they're at 
and to make sure that they're comfortable with the the level of fees they're paying, the the value they're getting, you know, and the kind of the relationship that they're in. Yeah, it's just like anything else, Matt. It's funny because I think about this a lot. It's how often do you go out there and spend money on something and not know the value of what you're right. getting or what you're spending? It's like nothing. There's nothing else. Like, you know, I'm going to get this car or this car. This one's 50% more. This one's $15,000. This one's $25,000. You can weigh the trade-offs. Ah, oh, but that one is nicer. I really like the way it makes me feel. Whatever. Or TVs or couches or whatever you're going to buy. You understand the trade-offs and how much things cost and how important that is to you. The financial industry, you have basically no idea what things cost or even the value of what they're bringing to you. So I would start there. Just first ask yourself, what am I paying? And how much value is it bringing to me? And whatever in there you can't answer, go to your advisor and ask them. Okay. Hey, I'm just curious. How are you paid? What am I paying? Just ask them. Just very simple questions that they should be able to answer for you because that's what they do. They should be able to answer, oh yeah, this is what you're paying for these things. And here's the value. And then also you could decide as a consumer, let the advisor tell you, here's what you're paying. Here's what we're doing for you or here's what the fund's doing for you. And what do you think about that? And you should be able to answer like, oh, that's great. I don't have to think about it. We check in once a year. I feel really confident. Hey, there's a ton of value for that. But first, just understand that. So I would recommend once you ask yourself, what am I paying? What's the value? Then go to your advisor and say, hey, I'm just curious. What am I paying? Can you tell me what I'm paying for these things? And, you know, what are you guys providing? Just checking in, making sure everything's going smoothly. You can go in with an open mind. It's not, we're not being antagonistic. We're just understanding what we're getting for what and we're paying for. I guess be, in part because of the confusion, the difficulty of the different standards that financial advisors may have to follow, best interest versus fiduciary, what would you do? And that can be confusing to anyone. You don't want to get caught in legalese. Is it? It, it sounds to me, first of all, like it's not sufficient to just hear, oh, I have to act in your best interest. You, you have to understand what that really looks like in terms of your investments. And the second thing I'm guessing, tell me if I'm wrong about this, is that maybe a good rule of thumb is if your advisor can tell you in plain English and not in percentages, but in actual dollars over 20 years, over time, here's how much you will pay. Here's how much you you would pay with this kind of an approach versus this kind of an approach. And here's why I'm selecting this kind of an approach. And here's how much more money you should have. If they can give you a plain English real dollar explanation of that, then that's a good sign. That's the way it feels to me. Am I off on that? Yeah. No, actually, I really like the way you said that, Matt. If they can just explain in dollars why we're in these investments in this portfolio and as a consumer, don't get caught up in the talk from the advisor. You are the buyer of that service. And so you should understand what you're buying and they should be able to explain it to you. So because so many consumers and walk in, they feel un unprepared. They don't know the markets and the environments and the investing. And so the advisor talks a lot about we're positioned this way because of market environments and the macroeconomics, blah, blah, blah. And so you get overwhelmed. Don't get overwhelmed. Just simple dollar amounts. What, why are we doing this? And just hear yeah. the answers. So I think it's a really, I think it's a really good and, place to start. 
are there are there other options here? I mean, you don't have to work with a financial <laughs> advisor. I've yeah. well, in my own life, as I alluded to before, I worked with kind of a hands-on person who had me in in mutual funds and et cetera. Eventually, I changed what I did in part because I ended up, again, this is a conversation for another show. I ended up with, like many people these days, I, I had a job and then I had a different job. And there was a different 401k that went with that job. My yep. wife had a job. Then she had a different job. And so before long, <laughs> like there are all these accounts and they all have different fees and different this and different that. And it was trying to keep track yes. of all this was a nightmare. So over time, I, I ended yes. up working with a different person just as a reset. What are the options here? Should you do it all yourself? Should you occasionally check in with someone? Should you work with someone intensively and just understand what you're paying? Yeah, there are different options. Okay, so I definitely want to answer that. But let me also advise the listeners out there that might find themselves in the situation, again, with the way financial advisors get into relationships is because they find people that have some money sitting around. Okay, and so you might be if you find yourself working with an advisor because, hey, you got some life insurance through them, they were really helpful. And then they said, hey, we can open up some IRAs or some other accounts. If you were contacted by your local bank, and they noticed, oh, there's an extra $50,000 in this account. Do you want to come in and talk with our financial advisor about what we can do with that for you? Which is very helpful because it's just sitting there in cash and maybe yeah. there's something better to do. But again, you got that free advice and they help you set up a portfolio. But then you think, geez, I didn't just actually pay this person. How am I, how am I getting charged? That's the important question. That's what we're highlighting. How am I getting charged? What is this costing me? So just ask that question. What is this costing me? So are there options? There's definitely options. First, understand where you are. We just talked about that. Talk to your advisor. What am I paying? What am I getting? Cool. That sounds great. Really appreciate the service. This is perfect. But there are other options as well. You could do it yourself, right? Now, that's not a real viable option for many people. It's not that it's hard. It just takes extra effort and we're all busy. And so just like anything else, do you want to mow your own lawn or you want to outsource that? Same thing here. Do you want to handle your investments and do some research and understand some things? It's not particularly tricky. There's work involved. And there's also the overhead of managing it. Maybe you've got a partner and the partner's looking at you. Like, Are you doing all this stuff? So maybe that's you know not the best situation either. My answer to that is always yes. And then I just cross my fingers, heck, that I'm doing a decent <laughs> job. On that note, great advice. That all sounds good. Any other options, approaches yeah. to consider? Yeah, for sure. So if the do-it-yourself, you know, is not appealing to you <laughs> and you want to get some other help, there's hourly advisors. That's how I started in this industry and I still offer that service, but there are people that work just by the hour. So again, you want to pay that 500 or 1,000 or a couple thousand bucks um, to get organized, get a portfolio, get it implemented, and then you just work with that advisor whenever you want to. And a lot of this can be set it and forget it. We get a portfolio that's going to run on its own and that advisor will give you a couple of things like, oh, when you add your 6,000 in your IRA this year, just throw it you know, into these percentages. And if you feel comfortable doing it on your own, perfect. You're set for a few years, perhaps. Or you could probably call that advisor back up and say, hey, can you just help me once a year for two hours? I love it because you know exactly what you're paying and you know exactly what you're getting. You define what you're getting and you know what you're paying. Yeah, I like that too. I've used that approach myself. A few years ago, set up a meeting like that. It was a flat fee type deal where it was like, yep. 
this is what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you several hours. It wasn't like a per hour. It was, mm-hmm. I, I'm just going to give you several hours. I'm going to run through everything you've got. We'll do a one-time kind of checkup, basically. It's like the approach of going to a doctor every year or two and getting a little checkup and getting yeah. set on course. And then if something major changes, I can always check in. I could yep. also call you, but I try not to do that. I try not to <laughs> actually be like, hey, give me a whole bunch of free counseling because this goes the other way as well. Like, I, I like to feel like I'm paying for value. Yeah. I like to see what I'm paying on the other side and not take advantage of someone else's labor that yeah. I'm not paying for. I, I want a very transparent exchange. Yeah, yeah, and it gives you some comfort knowing what the what that person does and, and what they charge for that service. And we should have an episode on this, Matt. So that's hourly, but what you mentioned there is like flat fee is what we call it. You want to pay $2,500 for kind of a full plan or something like that or or these services. And so you're not just paying literally by the hour. So that's really great. You can do that. The the third option I throw out there is some of the big brokerages, Vanguard, Fidelity, TD, Schwab, they have some advisory services and some of those are free. So you put your hundred or $200,000 with Fidelity. You could have a call with them and say, Hey, can you help me set up a portfolio? Listen, they'd be happy because your $200,000 is sitting with them. They're happy to give you an hour call to help you use Fidelity funds. Yes, they will use their own funds. Another way they get paid, but they're super low cost funds. And ask them that question. Hey, what funds are we using? What's the expense ratios? Oh, cool. All right. Yeah, super low cost. Great. They'll get you all set up. And that can be a really, I've heard good things about those services as well. So there's another option for getting set up with your accounts. Yeah. When I opened 529 accounts for my kids for their college, and we covered in our last uh, episode. Now, I actually, you know what? I actually feel better. I, anyway, people should check out that episode about saving for college, but that's exactly what happened to me. I set up those accounts, and once they reached a certain level, I started getting offers from the firm. It was one of these <laughs> right. you know big ones saying, hey, we'll help advise you here. I'm guessing, based on the tenor of our whole conversation here, that it's still a good idea, if you avail yourself of that, and you say, mm-hmm. sure, I'll set up a meeting, still a good idea to ask, hey, just up front so I understand, if you steer me to certain investments, what's Fidelity's end of this? Are you doing this entirely blind, totally in my best interest, yep. or how do I understand the fee differences that may be happening here? I, I assume you still want to do that homework. Yeah, you definitely want to do that, and it's simple. Just say, how are you getting paid? Right. I appreciate, I super appreciate your service. Just so I understand, just want to make sure, how are you getting paid for the value you're bringing to me today? And then just get a good answer. Yeah. And I, and maybe is there any incentive for your company to right. put me in one kind of fund or another? Is it possible yeah. that yeah. one would have a higher fee for you? Should we just know that and talk about it up front? That's fine. It may be that is the best thing for me. But I just want to understand what it is and make sure I understand the value proposition. That's not like dissing anybody. That's a, that's the same thing you would do if you were going to buy a car, <laughs> a, any other major transaction. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the good news is in terms of these larger brokerages from what I've seen, they're usually very low cost funds because they now have all those funds. So they definitely were going to use their own branded funds, but they tend to be super low cost. But the question's really important to ask. So yeah, definitely agreed on that, Matt. Am I crazy here to say that there's a little bit like you're in Vegas and you play long enough at the casino, they're like, we're going to comp you some drinks because to them, <laughs> hey, look, you're in the casino, right? Yeah. And so a good business proposition, I'm saying that tongue in cheek, but actually well, from the standpoint of fidelity or one of these bigger investment 
companies. It's like, yeah, yeah if you've got a couple hundred thousand dollars with them, they are more than happy to provide Correct. you this, this no, service. No, the, the analogy is really good. And I'll take it one step further, Matt. If a couple hundred thousand, they give you in a couple of drinks. If it's a couple million, they comp you a room. So as you have more money, you actually get a lot more services from these guys because they want to keep you a happy customer within their sphere, which is good. Take advantage as a consumer. Take advantage of that stuff right, and right. know what you're paying. That's what the episode's about. But also take advantage of, of what's out there for you that you can that is makes sense and is good. It's yeah. like you have a credit card and you get bumped up because you have been moving a lot of money through your credit right. card. It's probably not the greatest idea, but you pay your bills on time. And they're like, all right, look, your credit limit is up and we're going to give you this platinum card that has these advantages. And it means that you get let into the VVVIP room <laughs> when right, you're at the right. club or whatever it is. Yeah, that's a good thing. And by the way, in all seriousness, we did an episode about this that was really eye-opening for me about – this is one of those like weird tricks type things. But it's actually like a really beneficial weird trick that at a certain level, you may get an offer to borrow money at a very low rate where the interest rate – that yep. you pay is below what you're going to earn in the market. It's the kind of deal that was only open to the ultra wealthy, but could be available yep. to, to folks like you and me. Yep. So anyway, that, that makes entire sense to me. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. And people should check out that episode. And thank you for listening to this episode. All right. Let's sign off before we, we go right. off on yeah, any it. more tangents <laughs> on this. Uh, I'm Matt Robeson from Mike Morton. Thanks for joining the show. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for joining us on Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to and rate the podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with me at LinkedIn or MortonFinancialAdvice.com. I'd love to get your feedback. If you have a comment or question, please email me at FinancialPlanningPod at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered for investment advice. Opinions expressed as are of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. We do not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the data presented here.